I'm Libby Rothschild, former clinical dietitian who transformed into a full-time virtual business owner. It was only one year ago when I made $55,000 a year in my clinical job. And now I make $100,000 a month being my own boss. And you can do this too. My clients, who are all female dietitians and students, started from zero and created six-figure, multi-six-figure businesses by following my proven method. And they've all been guests on air. My proven method shows you how to attract cash paying clients using social media marketing strategies that work. You don't have to guess, waste time, or hold yourself back when you follow my step-by-step method. Becca King is a registered dietitian nutritionist from Charlotte, North Carolina. Becca King started her career working at an outpatient weight loss clinic where she saw firsthand how dieting did not work and left her patients with a poor relationship with food. After getting laid off due to the pandemic, Becca took it as a sign to start her virtual private practice. Now, Becca helps young women like herself who have ADHD and struggle with binge eating, chronic dieting, and body image issues find food freedom and improve their self-esteem. She's passionate about using the principles of intuitive eating and a weight-inclusive approach to nutrition. In her free time, Becca loves taking Lola, her rescue pup, on long walks and can't wait to see live music again. Thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah. So just to jump right in, why don't you let the listeners know a little bit about where you started out and where you are now? So I'm a second year dietitian since like June last month. And my first job was in weight loss because that was the first job I got offered. And I was like, I'm going to try it and see if I like it. I'll get some counseling experience. And it was not for me at all, but I was too afraid to take the jump and start my practice. And then the pandemic happened and I got the offer option to get laid off. And I was like, yeah, you know, I think I want that option. And then I started working with Libby and changed gears and it's been great. So, wow. That's so exciting that you took the opportunity. You saw it and you were like, I'm ready, you know, just jump right in. That's really awesome. So let's talk a little bit more about now what type of clients you work with and what's your current niche and is this where you started out? I started out in just food freedom, I would say, and very broad and wasn't really getting a lot of people coming to my page or anything like that. And I started thinking more about my ideal client and I was like, started thinking about it more and I was like, binge eating and ADHD. And it just like clicked for me. And I was like, okay, I'm niching down even farther. And then it went phenomenal. And I was really surprised. So, yeah. honestly. So t- tell us a little more about how this niche evolved. How did you get to that revelation that you wanted to do binge eating tied with ADHD? So I have a friend who is like my ideal client. So I always go talk to her and ask her questions. And she also has ADHD. So as I was kind of realizing that there was this common problem of not eating during the day on your, if you're on ADHD meds, or some people just don't have appetites if they have ADHD, and then they binge in the evening. And I was like, oh. And then I started doing some research. And I was like, oh, this is actually a thing. Like, I'm just, it's not just like me and my friend have this issue. It's very widespread. And I did a poll in a Facebook group and realized everyone pretty much picked binge eating as an issue. And I didn't even put it out there like that. So 
Wow. Yeah. That's super interesting. And I love that you did that market research to put the poll out there and you realized, oh, there is a need for this. So you came in and you filled that need and you got really specific, which is super awesome. So how did niching down to being so specific to ADHD and binge eating help you clarify your message? It made it a lot easier, I think, for people to find me. And it was different than what other people had been posting. So they're like, oh, or they made that connection. A lot of people hadn't made the connection to their binge eating and ADHD. And they're like, oh my gosh, I never realized this was why it was a problem. And I think that helps a lot. Yeah. And so you feel like instead of being more general about intuitive eating, like you said before, you weren't really getting people coming to your page. Now that you've become clear about ADHD, do you think that that has helped more people see your page and want to work with you? 100%. I didn't have really anyone interested in seeing me before when I was just doing food freedom. And once I started niching down even farther, I started getting people interested and I was like, okay, this is great. (laughs) Yeah. That's really awesome. So did this help you make sales or how has your sales evolved since getting clearer on this target market? Yes. So I went from zero to, I have four clients now. So. Oh, that's awesome. And so getting clearer really helped you attract those ideal clients. Absolutely. Definitely. So to go off of that, what was easier or harder for you about getting that specific and that niche down? I think the hardest part was being a little bit vulnerable, honestly, because talking about mental health, sometimes it's still a little stigmatized. So I think being comfortable talking about it as a practitioner, I think was probably the hardest part. Like, are people going to judge me? And I was like, and then I realized that I had another dietitian reach out to me. I was like, I'm so glad someone's talking about this is so needed. I had several dietitians actually say that to me. And I was like, Oh, so no, I was like, this is what people need. So I don't need to worry about like, if some practitioner is going to judge me for it or something, people want to know that like, you can still be successful if you have ADHD and they can get through their food issues too. So that's, nice to see. Yeah, that's awesome. And I love that you're focusing on the need rather than focusing on what you personally think. You know, it's all about solving our client's biggest problem. So yeah, that is really important. So let's talk a little more about your offer for what you, your program or your, your clients, your sessions, what does that look like? And how did you create this offer? So right now I'm doing bundles, but my plan is to start switching more to doing like a six week group, small group program. So that's kind of what I'm working on right now is figuring out my deliverables for that. So awesome. Did you start with bundles or did you start with one? I did uh, like one. I did. Yeah, I did um, one off sessions just to get that confidence of making a sale. And it was a lot easier than working in a weight loss clinic and people would call me and try and I like didn't have the same confidence in what I was offering. And now it's so much easier when you're passionate about what your offer is to make the sale. It's like, I was so afraid it was going to be really hard. And the first person I scheduled was like, Oh yeah, that's great. And I was like, Oh wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That confidence is huge. And I think starting simple, like the one-off sessions, like you said, and then building from there as you gain that confidence and 
gain that reach in who you're trying to market to. Definitely. So what has been your experience so far just using social media to grow your business? It has been great. I mean, it's free marketing, which is awesome. You get to interact with people too before you maybe get on a call with them. So you kind of maybe know a little bit about them or you know that they relate to what you offer, which is great. So you're not just getting some random person who's like, oh, hey, I want to use your services. And you start talking about it and they're like, oh, that's not what I want. So I think it definitely enjoy using social media to get clients for sure. Yeah, definitely. And like you said, it's a way to not get those random people being like, oh, what do you do? It's like, it's clear. On your profile, definitely. (laughs) Yeah, no one's going to take the time to click on your link if they're looking for weight loss and you do food freedom. It's just not, they're not going to do that. So (laughs) it it makes, it definitely like narrows things, kind of weeds people out. Yeah. So what did your Instagram feed look like when you started compared to what it looks like now? So I had, like every other dietitian, had all food pictures I started my Instagram actually when I was in my internship. And then once I got my first job, I took a huge break from it just because it didn't feel right to talk, work at a weight loss company and then come talk about food freedom on Instagram. It just didn't feel right. So once I lost my job and I could go back, I was like, this is great. I can actually talk about what I'm passionate about again, which is really cool. Yeah. So you went from doing mostly just food pictures, maybe general things. And now what is, what does your content look like? Lots of side-by-sides of like before and after. So lots of those types of posts, um, quotes with me, a lot of showing my face, which I never did before. Uh, It was like very nerve wracking thing to do, I guess. And once I did it, I was like, oh, this isn't bad at all. So Yeah. yeah. That's a lot more specific talking about actual problems and not just like, here's some pretty food. (laughs) Definitely. I think it's (laughs) so important to hear that, that, you know, getting specific about what you're talking about rather than general food posts. Definitely. So what is your process for creating this Instagram content? I usually create the day before and then, and I'll try and write up a post, something general. And then the day of I'll post it and my at change up. Um, what I wrote for the caption, just depending on if I need to change anything or not. So I try to do it not too much batch creating because if something changes or if I like get comments or a message from someone, I might try to use those messages as something I put in a post, especially if they're not a client and they might be a potential client. I'll try and kind of tailor things maybe to someone who might be interested in using my services. Yeah. I love that. Using your ideal client's words in your posts is so important because then you really are speaking their language and what they're identifying with. So I think that's a really great tip to go through your DMs or the Facebook groups that you might be doing market research and finding the words that they use or the problems that they're struggling with to put it in your posts. So I love that you said that and you use that because that can be really helpful for getting more clear and specific. Yeah. Or discovery calls. Those are two. Those are also great because you can get a lot them to say a lot more and you're like, Mm -hmm. thank you. (laughs) Keep talking. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like what right there, market research. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. So what one to two tips do you have for the listeners about how to effectively build the no like, and trust factor? Definitely interact depending on what your niche is. Since I'm kind of in the food freedom niche and the ADHD niche as well, 
I reached out to a lot of bigger accounts with the focus on ADHD and interacting with them helps because they'll repost your stuff and they'll be like, Hey, this, she does nutrition for ADHD and there's not anyone really doing that. So then people come to my page. So that helps. And I would definitely say being yourself and showing your face, like, especially on your stories, people can really get a sense of who you are and don't be afraid if you're awkward or you think you're awkward, it's okay. (laughs) Yeah. And like you said before, you used to never show you your face and now you show your face and you have four clients and it's growing. Yeah. Yeah, That's awesome. So I think it is so important that you said showing your face is important because that's how people really get to know you and see that you're a real person. They're not like, Oh, you just post all these cool quotes or you just stand there and take post pictures. So yeah, and I love that you've been interacting with other disciplinaries in this area of ADHD. Have you gotten any sort of experience or collaboration with people in the similar niche that may not also be a dietitian? Yeah, so I have two coaches who do ADHD coaching, and they've reached out to me due to an Instagram live and then talk about nutrition and in a support group for women. So that's awesome. Wow. That's really great. That's a great way to get some more reach. Yeah. So how do you stay motivated and moving forward in growing this virtual practice with limited time? I'm extremely motivated because I don't want to go back to working it for anyone else. I love being my own boss. I think it works really well because I have ADHD. So I'm like, I can I'm so motivated because I don't want to go back to where I was because I didn't like that space at all. I'm like, this is way better for me. And I feel like I can make a bigger difference this way. So that part's just really motivating for me. Yeah, that's really good. I love that reflection. So what has been your biggest investment as you've started to grow your business? Definitely getting coaching would be my biggest investment, but by far I would be, i Probably how much time I've done now, like this three months has been, I would have taken me like a year probably to figure all of this out, to find like resources. How do I get started? What do I do? It would have taken me way longer. So yeah. So you think getting help is a good first step to take? Absolutely. yeah. Yeah. I've been listening to Libby's podcast for a while before, like when I was in my internship in grad school and I was like, I'm going to do this at some point. And I'm just like, I'm going to need help to do it. I know that for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that that's a really great thing to recognize that you've been listening to it for so long. You had your eye on it and now you've done it. You know, that's that's really awesome. (laughs) So what has been your biggest fears around increasing your price point as you've progressed from one-off sessions to bundles and soon group programs? I think my biggest fear is honestly, like just that people wouldn't pay for a more expensive price point. But so far, I've been successful with the bundles. So I think it's just getting that confidence up and you won't be afraid. And if someone really wants to work on whatever services you offer, you offer something and you can solve their problem, they will pay for it. And if they're really motivated too. Yeah, that's really important to recognize. So what advice would you give to other RDs who think they can't charge more? You can. (laughs) Don't be afraid um, is, I guess, my biggest tip. Just go for it. If something makes you uncomfortable, to me, if it's making me uncomfortable, it's probably going to help me grow. So I try to just embrace it and go with the process. 
Yeah. yeah, I like that. And just even if it feels uncomfortable, the more you do it, the more confidence you build, like you said. And as you build that confidence, it gets easier. Yeah. So yeah, that's really great. So what advice would you give someone who's just starting out? Don't be afraid to get started. But again, like that was, I think, the biggest thing for me was I felt like I needed to like get certified in intuitive eating before I could talk about intuitive eating. I felt like there was always something more I needed. Even with like looking back the counseling experience, I could have started without that counseling experience and I would have been okay. If you think you need more experience, you probably, you have enough experience. Even if like you're a first year dietitian, you can do it. Yeah. And making your own experience is getting started. So yeah, just getting started because you're in intuitive eating now, the food freedom and ADHD world, whereas at the weight loss clinic, you were counseling on totally different things. And so (laughs) how much does that actually kind of relay over into what you're doing now? And so I love it. Just start, you know, get the experience as you go. Yes. And you'll, you'll gain the confidence that you feel like you might not have at the time or the skills Like your clients teach you so much about like how you can help them better. And you can ask them for honest feedback too, which is great. Like what more can I help? Like, how can I help you better or whatever? And they give you good, honest feedback. So. Yeah. I love that. Just being able to get the experience by talking to that ideal client that you're now working with and and growing and learning from the people that you get to serve every day. Love that. So what is next for your business? Definitely getting started with that as a group program and seeing where that goes. At some point, I think I want to have some sort of ADHD food freedom, like support group type of thing, but we'll see where it goes. Ah, That's awesome. I think that's a great idea. So why don't you let the listeners know where we can find you? I am on Instagram at ADHD.nutritionist. Awesome. Well, thank you for being on the podcast today. Yes, you're welcome. If you identify as a female dietitian or student, apply to my coaching program. I'm accepting applications now. My clients go from zero to exceeding their sales goals. I save you time, energy, and I show you how to confidently become a dietitian boss. Thousands of your colleagues from around the world are doing it, and so can you. Apply on my website at LibbyRothschild.com and check the show notes if you want that link right away.